Cresta. My guest, Dr. Monica Miller, is Director of Citizens for Pro-Life Society. She's the author of many books, including The Authority of Women in the Catholic Church, Abandon the Untold Story of the Abortion Wars, and The Theology of the Passion of the Christ. You can learn more about her work at ProLifeSociety.com. Good to see you here. So, so great to be back with you. <laughs> <laughs> You're, you have a chapter uh, Dealing with the authority of Mary in this book, The Authority of Women in the Catholic Church, which is published by um, Emmaus, is that right? Right, Emma- yeah. Emmaus Road, yes. Emmaus Road, yeah. Uh, and it starts out by talking about authority and really trying to clarify what we mean mm. by authority. When most people think of authority, they think of power. That's right. Yeah. And take it from there. Yeah, we we think of authority as okay. Who do I get to boss around? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, I I have um, this is actually a very important argument because if this doesn't stand, not much else stands in terms of my thesis. There there is a, there's a radical difference between authority and power, and. A legitimate authority has to be obeyed, yeah. but not all power, you know, exertions of power need necessarily be obeyed. Mm-hmm. What's the difference? Well, first of all, I go back to the original uh, Latin. Uh, authority comes from the word actor, meaning mm-hmm. author, okay. <laughs> uh, to be the source or the origin of something. And what for example if we just look at the authority of god all right why why obey god because he he is the life giver so any authority that if it's legitimate is an is a power if you want to use that word that gives life yeah and so it's related to author yes author the, yeah <laughs> right. the author um, the author the origin the beginning yeah. of something yeah yeah. And that, you know, when we we, we uh, recite the creeds, um, we say, I believe in God, the Father, the Almighty, the what? The Almighty, yeah. the maker yeah. of heaven and earth. Yeah. So that is, that is um, the truth about authority. So authority, if a, a legitimate authority has to be life-giving. My argument really rests on a... Um, what I think is the essence of the covenant of redemption. The covenant of redemption um, is is not unilaterally exercised. It's 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 bilaterally mm-hmm. <laughs> between Jesus. Yeah. Okay. So let me let me say something here that might sound a little radical at first. And this is something I I, I say to my students, and they go, "What? Um, G- is Jesus?" Effecting salvation alone is Jesus effecting, causing mm-hmm. redemption alone. And my my answer is no. Yeah, he, he Jesus, even Jesus uh, effects causes redemption in relation yeah. in relation to who or what 
his church, his right. bride. Yeah. So the covenant of redemption um, is is a is a first of all, it's a mar- maritally ordered covenant. Mm-hmm. So that means that human sexuality, male and female gender, are the original sacramental signs. Right. And I think I, I think. I am agreeing with St. Paul. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Eleventh chapter. Of right, right, right. In fifth, fifth chapter of of his letter to the Ephesians. Um, so, what we want to what we want to understand then is we the authority of Jesus perhaps seems obvious. He is the head to his people, and of course, even then, we have to understand the nature of what it means for Jesus to be head, headship is a life-giving authority. So he is head to his people. He causes the church to be, by, and not, not by lording it over his bride, but by dying for her. Right. Okay, and this is, of course, right out of St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Yeah. He gave himself. himself up for her. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and then we have this, I, I think, absolutely remarkable um, ver- verse in, uh, in, uh, in St. Paul's uh, fifth chapter uh, of Ephesians. He doesn't even provide any introduction. He just immediately goes into, uh, uh, he recites uh, the proto-gospel. Okay, which is Genesis chapter 2, verse 24. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and cling to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. And then he, then he gives the ultimate um, divinely inspired exegesis. Mm-hmm. This is a great mystery, right. for it has to do with Christ and the church. So from the beginning, the capital B, that's a theological category, okay? Male and female sexuality were ordained by God to be sacramental symbols. They are transcendent signs that speak and make real in, in the historical order the covenant of Jesus and his church. So then we, what, what we want to do then when we look at Mary, what then, what, contribution does she actually make to the accomplishment of this covenant okay so the authority yeah. of mary yeah yeah <laughs> okay yeah i mean this is what i love what i love about the way you write in in this book is it, it's grounded uh in create we say creation is ordered towards these mysteries and saint paul picks it up in first corinthians 11 where he says in the Lord, woman is not independent of man, nor man of woman. For as woman was made for man, so man is now born of woman, and all things are from God. Right. And this actually uh, kind of lays down the foundation, in my mind, for how, when you mentioned, did Jesus accomplish redemption alone or solely? Uh, it's like, well, no, because God chose to, he didn't start the historical process over, he stayed within the historical process, and he became man born of a woman. Right. And so that Mary is there birthing the Word of God, birthing and ordering, and you'll, you'll go into this in great depth, 
But you have a f- great phrase in here. She opens her womb uh, and he it, to show him the way to the cross. Mary births Jesus if she if she has conceived uh, the second person of the Trinity, and his mission is to offer. Um, the sacrifice on the cross for the redemption of the human race. She has she births him to the cross. Yeah, yeah. And I, and and hopefully we'll be able to talk about her role at the wedding at Cana. Yes, that, this is great. <laughs> this is really profound um, because I think a lot of people reading this passage they think it's a little weird. Uh, Jesus is um, he says his hour hasn't come. But then he goes ahead and does the miracle. Right. So I think most people at that point stop and they say, heck, I don't know what that's about. That's weird. Well, let me help here. (laughs) It's one of my favorite things to talk about. First of all, many Bible translations, I'm going to argue, get it wrong. Mm -hmm. Because when Mary says says to Jesus at the wedding at Cana, they have no more wine. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then he... Like, okay, so what am I supposed to do about it? All right. So then he's, he, he, so most Bible translations will have his response um, worded this way Woman, what does this concern of yours have? To, how does it involve me? My hour has not yet come. Mm-hmm. Now, when you have it translated that way, there seems to, Jesus seems to be posing a separation. Yeah, she's an outsider. What is this, yeah. ha- you know, this concern of yours, what does it have to do with me? Yeah. How does it involve me? Actually, I, I'm going to challenge listeners. Um, if you have one of the most important valuable tools, if, if you if you want to do some real Bible study, I got to have a Greek interlinear Bible. <laughs> okay, all right, look it up. So, in the original Greek, it's actually worded this way: "Woman, how does this concern involve me and you?" Yeah, my hour yeah. has not yet come. Yeah. So now Jesus has placed Mary within the orbit. Okay, of his hour. Yeah. Now the hour is still his, of course. That's right. But she is part of that hour. Yeah. <laughs> and and then she remarkably turns to the waiters and she says, "Do whatever he tells you." Okay. Now, first of all, we see that Mary has um, inter inter intervened. Okay. There is a need. There is a want. We want to spare the bride and the groom here some embarrassment that the wine ran out so fast. So what are these? A bunch of cheapskates? Okay, they couldn't they couldn't afford more wine. What you know? People are going to be disappointed. Um, we need more wine. Okay, and so she and she is the intercessor between the the people who have a need and her son. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's super important, and 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 of course, is totally supported by uh, ca- Catholic devotion to Mary sure. and the intercession of the saints and so on. Um. So, but here's 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 also the important thing about what what's this is not just about wine. Okay. No. I mean, she takes the initiative though. That's really important to yeah. keep in mind here. 
um, that she takes the initiative. And you're right; it's it's not just about alcoholic beverages, right? Yeah. Okay. This this the, the language in, the, in that's used by John is filled with theological significance. A that Jesus refers to his mother as woman. This puts us back into Genesis chapter two. It's not a put down. No, not at all. Not at all. And he's, he 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 refers to her again that way at the foot of the cross. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe we'll have time to talk about that as well. In fact, hold it there. We'll come back and pick it up. Uh, My guest, Dr. Monica Miller, taking a look at the authority of Mary. Uh, She writes at length of this in her book, The Authority of Women in the Catholic Church, and uh, recommend it to you, published by Emmaus House. I'm Al Cresta, and we'll be right back. Good afternoon. I'm Al Cresto, looking at the authority of Mary. And we are talking with Dr. Monica Miller. We're at the wedding feast of Canaan, Galilee, and uh, noticing here that the maternal authority of Mary shows up uh, by taking the initiative um, when Jesus says, it's not my hour, has not yet come. Um, what he he addresses her as woman in this passage. Uh, as we said earlier, it's not just about alcoholic beverages, but when he addresses her as woman, what's he doing there? That's not a put down. That's not a distancing. A lot of times, yeah. when I was an evangelical, we we interpreted that as a distancing mm. uh, word. It's not. No. Um Remember that, uh, again, let me drive uh, listeners to Genesis chapter 2, verse um, the proto. The, uh, I'm sorry, it's actually Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, which is the proto gospel, the proto evangelium. I will put enmity between you, the serpent, and the woman. Uh, his, your offspring will strike at his head. Um, while you, the offspring of the serpent, will strike at his heel. Mm-hmm. So we, 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 are, we see here that the woman is going to produce through her feminine life-giving powers um, that's tied to, of course, her feminine authority, life, life-giving powers, that she eventually, this Eve, will, will be the, the source of the Messiah. The yeah. the offspring yeah. that will crush the head of the serpent, and and it, and then be wounded. This is this is not waving a magic wand uh, to achieve redemption. Right. This is struggle. Yeah. And the offspring of the of the woman uh, back in in uh, Genesis three fifteen uh, will be wounded, strike it, but there will be a victory because to get struck on the head. Uh, you may be rendered a mortal blow. Right. All right. right. If you get, of course, the heel. You know, this is a the sign here that, you know, for the for Satan, the serpent, mm-hmm. uh, slithering close to the ground. You strike. He will only be able to strike at the heel of the offspring. But this projects us into um, the the Gospel of John. Where Mary is, and here, here's what this is one of the most beautiful things. Um, and, and, and a lot of this new Eve Mariology 
is uh, we can we can uh, we're, we're, we we are indebted to some of the church fathers and in particular Saint Irenaeus, mm-hmm. the uh, the uh, second century bishop of Lyon, uh, France. Um, and what's the difference between between the, the 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 original Eve and the new Eve? So. Um, and and Irenaeus is fond of saying that the new Eve undoes the knots, mm. okay, yes. of the original Eve undoes the knots. So, what was the matter with Eve, the original Eve? <laughs> is she persuaded? I don't know if that's too strong of a word, but but lured again. Mm. But she she led Adam against the will of God. Right. She led Adam to do. Her will, yep. okay, to to reject God's authority, okay, and plunge us into original sin. Mary reverses this, and what we see, and by the way, this takes a lot of, of courage uh, for a mother uh, here, Mary, in relationship to Jesus. Uh, she, she aids Jesus to accomplish the will of God, yes, not her will. But God's will, right. because right. the hour, okay, with only you can even say with a capital H, it mentioned here in the in the Gospel of John, has to do with His sacrifice. Now, Jesus has not yet begun His public ministry. Mm-hmm. Mary is the mother of His public life. Yeah. When she when she asks Him to perform this miracle. They have no more wine. She knows that he he can change. He can produce the wine, right? right? Change right. water into wine, or whatever you're going to do here. But they don't have any more wine. I know you can do this. And even Jesus knows by the way that he has responded to her request. They have no more wine. He knows that if I perform this miracle, um, I will I will have been ushered into my public life mm-hmm. which leads to what the cross the, uh, the hour yeah. the cross yeah. yes yeah. yes and and so in that sense that um you might say then that um the ministerial priesthood is under the rule of women's responsibility for the faith. <laughs> yeah. Aaron, I love that responsibility for yeah. redemption. Yeah, she 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 ushers Jesus into his public life. She she and I would I'll even argue that she kind of, well she's the one who has the authority to do it. She she uh, isn't just how shall I put it in a, a biological instrument no. that right. that God uses in order to become incarnate. She is instrumental. She's a real mother <laughs> yeah, of a real mothers, son. Yes, yeah. she, and she she kind of stands on her motherly prerogatives right. here right. at the wedding at Cana to do what she has been missioned to do, birth Christ on the cross. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I think this is your quote. As Mary brought Christ into the world, here she causes Christ's glory to be manifested to the world. Thus, she is the origin of the disciples' faith, which yes. comes as a result of the Cana miracle. That's right. Yes, and go to the very end of the of the miracle account in the Gospel of John, and his disciples believed in him. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's. I mean, yeah. that's that is because she took the initiative there. Yes. <laughs> you know. Right. I, I I think this is uh, again not enough not enough attention is paid to the interaction between. 
the new Eve and the new Adam. Yes. Because that's what we see playing out they here. They are partners. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, since it is the feast day of St. Augusta, yeah. I'd, I'd like to he, – he, he has this beautiful quote where he says, Two parents have generated us for death. Two parents have generated us for life. Yeah. Now, who are the two parents of death? Well, it could be Adam and Eve, okay. But it also could be kind of, well, your own parents, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. because as soon as you're conceived, you're, 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 conceived you're, you're burdened sin, yeah. with the original sin. But you've been, you've been rescued from that, uh, that ailment um, by, the, by two new parents, Jesus and Mary. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and so we have that, that beautiful theology of, um, of St. Irenaeus. Um, I can quote um, where he says, and thus also it was that the knot of Eve's disobedience was loosed by the obedience of Mary. For what the virgin Eve had bound fast through unbelief, thus did the virgin Mary set free through faith. And and there's I, I, you know I, I have a couple of other quotes from the fathers of the church because they're so beautiful and yeah. so rich, but by the time we get to the fourth century, okay, Irenaeus is second century, so two hundred years later, we have this is so, um, how shall I say, set in the in the in the mind in the spirituality in the devotion to mary in the doctrines regarding our faith that saint jerome has boiled it down to a yeah. kind of slogan that's right death by eve life by mary the bumper sticker <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right 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 death by eve life by mary no, i love that the wonderful couplet yeah um feminist theologians here don't really get this, it seems to me, because they see Mary often as a passive instrument. Right. They don't see her as taking the initiative. For for them, I guess, Mary has to become a member of, a, of an oppressed class, right? And, and right. And so there is some, some uh, appreciation, if you will, in some feminist authors for Mary's Magnificat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, liberation theology yeah. has has used the Magnificat uh, because um, it, you know uh, Mary is proclaiming that uh, through the birth of her son, uh, the social order of the world, yeah. and rightfully so, that's is going right. to be turned upside down. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Depose the rulers. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, right. Up, the hungry up, are going to get fed, and, yeah. the, and and the rich will be uh, yeah. sent sent away empty, and and, and so on. Okay. Um, so there'll be justice, right? There'll be justice for the for those who were left out. Um, but maybe we could also uh, talk about the presentation of Jesus in the temple. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, uh, that's the, again here. It's an important passage because uh, Jesus does at the close of that passage, Jesus does submit himself uh, to his parents. Well, I'm parents. talking about when Jesus is a baby. Yeah, in the Gospel of Luke, and uh, Mary and Joseph present oh, Christ yes. for uh, the, the, the rituals of the law, right? Probably his circumcision. Yes, okay. okay. And then there's the the uh, very pious, holy prophet Simeon. Yeah, right. And uh, he, we're told that God promised him that he would not see death until his eyes had beheld 
uh, the Messiah, yeah. uh, the glory of your people, Israel, and so on. Now, here's this is so super important. Simeon recognizes Jesus, the little baby, as the fulfillment of that promise. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then he turns his attention to Mary, and he proclaims his prophecy about Mary's son, where he says uh, that um, this, this will be a sign, the, 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 Jesus will be a sign that shall be contradicted, it shall be opposed. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rise and the fall of many of your people in Israel. And then, you know, you could imagine him maybe returning the little baby to, to Mary, and then he says, you know, like, even if you were like to p- kind of point to her, mm-hmm. and you too shall be pierced yeah. by a sword, yeah. so yeah. that the thoughts of many hearts shall be laid bare. Now, I, I've given a lot of thought to what does this mean? Right. First of all, what's important is that there's a prediction that Jesus is going to suffer, uh, a, a sign that shall be contradicted, okay, and that you too shall be pierced by a sword. So again, similar to what we see in the language of um, the, the Gospel of John, when Jesus says to Mary, uh, how, what does this have to do with me and you? Yeah. My hour has not yet come. So yeah. we can talk about that when we get yeah. back. There's an, an extraordinary union here between mother and son. Yes. Uh, my guest, Dr. Monica Miller, our topic, The Authority of Mary. I'm Al Creston. We'll be right back. And good afternoon. I'm Al Cresto. With me, Dr. Monica Miller. Our topic this hour has been the authority of Mary, and um, this is he, this material. Is, there are two books. Why don't you tell them about the the two books? Because uh, one of them, University of Chicago Press, published, and then the the briefer edition. Um, Emmaus Road published, but tell us the relationship well, okay, between Yeah, I two. guess if you want to get the full blast, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, my book, Sexuality and Authority in the Catholic Church, uh, was published in 1995. It's still in print. It was originally published by the University of Scranton Press. Oh, okay. But it's now being distributed through the um, uh, University of Chicago Press. Um, so it is available online, certainly. Um, but I wanted to – that book, uh, The Authority of Women in the Catholic Church, was actually a response to uh, something that Pope Francis said, which made me a little frustrated, um, when he said, we need a theology of women. Well, <laughs> I did one. <laughs> I have one. Yeah, yeah. I published on this subject. So I wanted to I wanted to focus specifically on what he felt there was a need. Yeah. He felt yeah. there was a need. And so the authority of women in the Catholic Church um uh, was uh, published not not too long ago um by uh, Emmaus Road uh, Publishing. Well, this is it's stri- it's kind of a stripped down version. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah of it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Maybe going back to the the presentation of Jesus in the temple, um, 
Simeon, you know, has included Mary in the, again, I'll use the term orbit or sphere of the suffering of Christ. He's going to suffer and so are you. But then he adds something. There's a, there's a consequence. There's a, maybe we could call it a fruit of Mary's being pierced by a sword. Uh, when, when he, when he says, and, and when he says, the full quote is, and you shall be pierced with a sword so that the hearts, the thoughts of many hearts may be laid bare. What does yeah, that mean? Yeah, right. Okay. Right. Well, I'm going to offer two possible okay. interpretations, okay. and they both could be. They they they, they are not. Ex, uh, they don't exclude each other. Okay. Okay. So Mary being pierced with a sword, she suffers uh, with her son, and because of the suffering of her son, I, and by the way, I can't, I can't possibly imagine it. Um, I, I, when I meditate on the. The, for example, the way of the cross, mm-hmm. and Mary's there yeah. following him to Calvary. I mean, Mary cried. Yeah. Our, yeah. our mother cried tears, uh, anguish. Yeah. Um, and so the, what does it mean that by, by your Mary being pierced with a sword so that the, so that the thoughts of many hearts – may be laid bare. Okay, yeah. now who wants the, the thoughts of your heart right. laid bare, okay? Right. Right. I, 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 I think it means that because of her suffering in union with her son, Mary becomes then the measure. She becomes the standard by which other discipleship will be measured. Hmm. Okay, does your, the thoughts of, the, the truth about you will be revealed when you are measured against her. Interesting. Okay? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I think there's something there. Yeah. And then, of course, there's the other way to understand, uh, so that the thoughts of many hearts may be laid bare. Okay, so Mary has has suffered the fullness of what it means to be the mother of Jesus. She is not a bystander. Right. She wasn't dead before all the suffering started. She participates in it. She witnesses it. She sheds tears because of it. And so now we can allow our thoughts to be laid bare before her suffering. Mm. That she she understands. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you can you can reveal the the deepest longings of your own heart. Because she has gone before us as the ultimate disciple, yes. In terms of what it means to suffer in this life, and maybe also to suffer for your faith, yeah, as, yeah. as she did. Yeah. Now, I I, I do believe uh, in Mary as the um, the par excellence disciple. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I uh-huh. think she. Uh, John is called the beloved disciple, but his role is different. Uh, Mary, I think, is the the um the okay and here's model right, and that brings us right to the foot of the cross yeah. in chapter 19 of the gospel of John right okay now in the book of genesis at the end of chapter 3 i think there's a adam makes a remarkable statement he says he called his wife eve mm-hmm. because she became the mother of all the living yeah now Here's the, here's the beautiful thing about the fall, if you will. Even in a 
a, a, a fallen world, even with Eve's role in causing that to happen, she, she doesn't lose her life-giving feminine powers. She, right. she still is a life-giver, even in the midst of a, of a world that will experience death. Yeah. She, yeah. Will, she will be the mother of all the living. Mm-hmm. So now we project ourselves into chapter 19 at the foot of the cross. Now here, Jesus is dying. I mean, I've had some discussions with some Protestants who said, well, Jesus is just taking care of his mom at the last second. What? (laughs) As though it's an afterthought. (laughs) Oh, before I die, let me let me let me make sure that somebody's taking care of you, Ma. Okay, come on. Every every word that Jesus utters from the from in his sacrifice is full of doctrinal theological importance. Mm -hmm. So when he turns to and calls her woman, woman, behold your son, pointing to John. And John, the beloved disciple, John, behold your mother. Now, that means that, and by the way, of course, then John actually represents us. That's right. At the foot of the cross. Mm -hmm. And who has mothered us into discipleship and into redemption? Our mother, which is the mother of Jesus. She births us. She, She gives life to us. As Eve was the mother of all the living, well, now we have those who are spiritually alive, right, by the redemption of Jesus on the cross because she birthed him there. Yeah. So that's – Yeah. Again, the the symmetry uh, of these – it picks up the word woman from Genesis and also from uh, the second chapter of John. Um, There's – Brings it to a climax there. Exactly. Who is Mary to us? Yeah. Okay. As as Mary was mother for John, as as if that that's that's the end of it. Okay. Uh, She's the mother of all of us. Yes. Right. As as she has, you know, said her fiat um, uh, uh, in the Annunciation. She 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 becomes the mother of anyone who follows her son. Yeah. Yeah. Let me ask you why it is that the things that we're discussing don't don't seem to have uh, don't seem to make it as central to most Catholics' understanding of the faith. I mean, I don't. There's has it always been this way that the Blessed Mother has been kind of on the sideline. Well, I I don't know if that's exactly true. I mean, there has been a great devotion to Mary as Queen of Heaven, Queen of All Saints, sure. Queen of Martyrs, and so on. So we do understand. Look, if you're a queen, you have authority. Well, yeah, that's uh, exactly exactly. Yeah, <laughs> right, this is not just an empty title, but, yeah. you know. Um, but I I I don't know if maybe there's still, and, and I know that this does come more from. Um, our, our Protestant brothers and sisters, where there's this, there's this anxiety that if we pay attention to Mary and we honor her yeah. uh, in the ways that I've talked about in this interview, yeah. that somehow that um, detracts from yeah. exalting Jesus. Yeah, it obscures his contribution or something. But I think <clears throat> what I get from your presentation is this dynamic relationship between mother and son. And I think 
I think before I returned to the Catholic Church, uh, as I thought about Mary, I didn't. I really didn't think of her very concretely as a mother. Mm-hmm. Um, it, uh, it's, it's shameful to say it, but well, I think she was an instrument. Yeah, that's, she was. A, I, she was a tool. She, she was something tempor- She had a temporary yeah. purpose, and once Jesus is born, and maybe you know when he grows into a man, it's over. Yeah. That's, yeah. it's, it was just a functional role yeah. that she had. But what's funny is that's not even biblically the case. Because mm-hmm. you can see in Scripture, you know, she's taken up. Uh, you can see she's in heaven, uh, the book of Revelation. Book of Revelation, you know, chapter 12. And, right? and so yeah. you, she's not left out of the picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's even a passage in Luke where uh, I think Jesus is talking about those who are his disciples, and it's those who hear the word of God and do it. And that's exactly who Mary is in that particular uh, pericope. And maybe before we, we, we run out of time, I I will argue that in a, in a way, Mary is, is the source of the new creation. Now, what do I mean by that? In the beginning, capital B, uh, if we go to Genesis chapter 1, um, we see that God says, let it be done, yeah. and it, yeah. and then creation happens. Right. Let it be done, and the world is created. Yeah. The universe yeah. is created. All of living things created. Mary, in the Annunciation, ans- is creation answering God or giving God a response. Yeah. Let it be done is almost almost an echo yeah. there, right? Yeah. Of almost maybe more than that. Mary says, let it be done. And then she becomes the mother That's of right. her creator. Yeah. Okay, so now, which brings the new cre- covenant into existence. With okay, the new covenant doesn't exist. Uh, it ex- it starts there mm-hmm. with the with the conception of Jesus in her womb. Mm. Okay, the 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 victory is 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 uh, guaranteed. <laughs> Okay, and the new covenant begins there. So it, it's God has it. God, man is able to give a response back to God. Let it be done. Um, is is the human race's response to God? Because if you're going to have a covenant, you have to have two voices. Right. There has to be a dialogue uh, between two two voices. God speaks, man responds. There's the covenant. It's not God is not doing this by uttering a soliloquy, a solo. Okay, uh, he, he redemption requires a response from the human race. Yeah, and Mary gives the definitive response, which which causes the Creator of the universe to become man. And um, so, I you know, the well, let it be done is not only God's. It's also now man's, and I will say more specifically, it is woman's. <laughs> yeah, this is interesting because, of course, we have the Jesus. We think of the new covenant being instituted on Holy Thursday at the uh, Last Supper and with the institution of the Eucharist. Um, and there's one thing about the new covenant that makes it uh, what's new about the new covenant is that, in this case, both parties keep it, <laughs> whereas in the previous covenants, yes. one party didn't keep it. And in this case, in Catholic understanding, both Jesus and Mary are are free of actual sin right. and to free of the taint of original sin. And to say a complete yes. They can say a complete yes to the new covenant. So whatever angle you look at, you look at it from the the standpoint of the uh, Mary's uh, let it be done, 
or from Christ uh, institution of the Eucharist, you still got what's new about the new covenant is both parties keep it. Well, there's yeah. an Anglican theologian, E.L. Mascal. Yeah, yeah. He says the creation of the world was brought about by the sole fiat of God. The recreation of the world was, by God's dispensation, set in motion by the fiat of a young village girl yeah. who was engaged to a carpenter. Fiat mihi secundum verbum tuum. Be it done to me. Yeah. According to. Yeah. To thy word, yeah. I, I think that that's just so beautiful. God utters his his "Let it be done" in the beginning, and the human race says back to him, "Let it be done," uh, in the new creation. Amen, Monica. Thanks. Thank you. Great talking with you. Thank you, Al. Dr. Monica Miller. Again, the book is called "The Authority of Women in the Catholic Church." Uh, that's easily available. We have it in the online bookstore, and then there's a the larger volume. Uh, which is, I think, sexuality and authority uh, in the Catholic Church. I'm Al Cresta.